you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Welcome back. You know, the margins in this business, the restaurant business, are super slim. I don't need to tell anyone that. So when I ran restaurants, I was obsessed with profit. I was obsessed with saving costs and maximizing cash across the operation. So I'm really excited to bring you this episode. Today, I'm speaking with Naomi Canning, who's the president of a company called Dining Edge. Dining Edge is a complete suite of proprietary system solutions that will streamline your business, increase efficiencies, save costs, and maximize your profit. It's easy to implement, flexible, and comes with ongoing complete support. So don't miss this episode and listen on. I'd like to thank my friends at Bento Box for bringing you this episode. You know, I've always believed that a great restaurant website brings the restaurant experience to life for the guest before they walk in the door. So let me tell you about Bento Box. They build beautiful, mobile-friendly, and SEO-optimized websites specifically for restaurants. Best thing is, Bento Box gives you control. You can update menus, promote events, share press, and so much more all yourself. Bento Box also gives you tools that attract more customers, grow your business, and drive revenue. You can sell gift cards, merchandise, event tickets, even book private events, all with affordable monthly and annual plans. So you got to check out Bento Box. Here's the link, getbento.com forward slash rockstars. Thanks again to Bento Box. And now on with the episode. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, engaging topics that help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, deliver amazing guest service experiences, and run stronger, more efficient operations. I am super excited. I have Naomi Canning, and she is the president of a company called Dining Edge, which is a complete restaurant suite. It is a series of software platforms that will help your business prosper in many ways. They can save you tons of money, and I'm just super excited to have you on the show today, Naomi. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, we always start out the podcast. I'm always interested in how my guests got into the restaurant business and industry, and I'm sure you have an interesting story. So why don't we start there? Tell us about your background. Um, I started in the hospitality industry uh, in college as a you know, waitress, um, waiting tables in South Florida, and then I moved to New York City and uh, worked my way up through a restaurant group in New York and to a GM. And I worked with that company for about eight years, got transferred back down to Florida. And after uh, leaving the hospitality, I went to go work for a POS dealer. I worked for Aloha for 16 years, uh, selling and supporting uh, that platform for POS. And um, always had a passion for uh, inventory management. And so I, uh, that's how I kind of got where I am today. Well, I'm very familiar with Aloha because I used that system for probably 16 or 17 years in my own restaurants. And that background obviously helps with this company because you're very technology driven and you've got solutions that I briefly touched on that we're going to dive deep into. But why don't we start with inventory and inventory management? Um, That is one of the suites of services. Why don't we walk through the individual suites and, and tell our audience, you know, what each does and how they can seamlessly integrate to run a stronger operation? 
Oh, great. Well, um, I joined Dining Edge two years ago, and I was really impressed with the software um, because I saw that there was a need that restaurants didn't have, which is our purchasing platform. And that's where it all starts. Um, Dining Edge has something that's unique. And with my background, I've seen all different kinds of inventory platforms, but nobody did um, the vendor price comparison that Dining Edge does. So what we're able to do is automatically compare um, all of the restaurant's items by different vendors automatically down to the lowest common denominator and compare them and tell them who has the best price on their product. Um, what we find is that restaurants don't really know that they can get products out there for a better price. And so we're saving restaurants about eight to 12% off their purchases on every order. Which is pretty incredible. Now, this is something that I really believe in. I tracked all of this manually when I ran restaurants and this goes back eight, 10 years ago. But what is, I mean, can you tell us exactly how it integrates with the different food suppliers that a restaurant contracts with and how many products you can actually compare uh, that they're ordering? Yeah, so we integrate with anybody who, who can supply the restaurant with a weekly or monthly bid sheet, even daily if they want. So what we're able to do is pull in their pricing um, electronically, either via um, an online portal that the bigger vendors like your Broadline or Cisco, U.S. Foods and Cheney, all those big guys, they have online portals. So we're able to pull it from that. But if they don't have an online portal, like maybe your produce and your meat and your seafood vendors, as long as they can email um, either the client or the software an, a bid sheet, will uh, intercept that email and import it directly into the software. So there's no manual touches. So we integrate with all major purveyors and minor purveyors. It doesn't, there's no limitation and it's all, all automatically. The beauty of the software is there's no limit to number of items. It's all done automatically. So when they're ready to place an order, they click on one button, which we call best price or quality. And it goes through all items on their, what we call their order grid and tells them who has the best price. And they just go down the line and place their orders uh, electronically based on best price if that's how they choose to do it. Correct. And then they, we send it directly to the vendors. So it's not like they're going to go into our portal, look at the pricing, and then have to go somewhere else to place their order. They're going to place it directly to the software, click the submit order, and it's going to go either directly to the online portals of the big distributors or email it directly to their sales reps for the smaller vendors. So it's literally a one-stop shop and a one-button system and bang, there's your best pricing. Yeah. And it's interesting because if you hire a new manager in a restaurant and you have five different purveyors, now you have to teach them how to go place an order individually for five different, five different purveyors. Now it's one set of training. Train on Dining Edge, submit all your orders. That's one benefit. But the other benefit on the ordering platform is ever it's four o'clock and your cutoffs are at five and now you start calling all your all your sales reps and this one's on the other line they'll call you back text me your order it's a whole it's a whole process of having to get in touch with your sales rep between four and five and you're trying to get ready for the for the dinner rush so here you place your order you hit send your sales reps have any questions they can call you and then they have to worry about the cutoffs not you beautiful now, what about quality? All that is specified up front. And do you find that, uh, you know, items compared from supplier to supplier vary at all in quality or what your specifications are? How does all that work? Yeah, and it's never a quality issue in, in Dining Edge because the, the restaurateur picks the item. So we don't automatically put anything into the system. It's all going to be the products that they choose so that we're always, uh, we're always comparing like items 
that work for them. So if it's a quality, if they don't, if there's no other vendor that has a product that meets that specification, then it won't be on the grid. But sometimes you want to track other products that are like your, your product, but you're never going to buy. So in that case, so let's say you have a hamburger patty, you know, you've specced it out from purveyor number one, it's your perfect hamburger patty, and you're paying $3.50 a pound for that. But then you want to track and watch that price, watch a product that's closer. So with purveyor two, you pick the next closest product. Now on your purveyor one, you're going to flag that item as a preferred vendor item. So the software will never choose to buy the lesser pro price product in that case. It will always choose your preferred vendor, but it's giving you information to help you track to make sure vendor number one stays honest and doesn't increase your price over market pricing. Okay. And, a lot, right? Sorry. And, well, no, no, no. I think this is great, but it's all in real time. So as prices change, everything is automatically updated. Correct. Absolutely. And that's something that otherwise, I mean, without this system, the way I used to manually track things was one, it was limited by, I didn't have the time to put every single item into this grid. I probably had 30 or 40 key items, the highest volume purchased items and the most expensive items I bought. But that's not to say that, I mean, it saved me quite a bit of money. It was significant savings, but I couldn't compare every single thing I was buying. And this does it automatically. Yeah, and what we find is your highest saving items are going to be in your lower volume items. So it's going to be in your paper, your chemicals, and your produce. And that's where we see your highest um, savings as far as percentages. Um, because, you know, on your Heinz ketchup, it may be a dollar difference between vendors, but it's not going to be $15. But we see all the time in your paper products, five, ten, fifteen dollar differences from one side, from one vendor to the other especially around like gloves and saran wrap, those things that maybe you don't buy all the time. So this is found money for a lot of operators, clearly. Absolutely. And it's instant ROI. <laughs> we guarantee that you'll save the cost of the software every month. Now, most restaurants are saving that every order and they're ordering two or three times a week. But we guarantee that you'll save the cost of the software. Yeah, I, I mean- So I'm, there's a no, it's a no brainer. It's, it's very, very powerful. I mean, I'm a huge believer in comparing, but not just, you know, not just comparison shopping your food supplies, but literally across your operation, everything from, you know, every service that you get, uh, credit card processing, you name it. There's so many restaurants out there that just don't take the time to make these comparisons and they're losing, they're leaving so much money on the table by not doing it. But clearly food is, you know, food and labor, your two biggest expenses in restaurants. So why wouldn't you do this? Absolutely. And we can also compare your smallwares because a lot of the products that you're getting from your smallwares are available between multiple, multiple broadliners, especially like the more generic things like uh, glassware or, you know, your little teaspoons that you're putting in your espresso that you're buying over and over and over again. You can compare all of those prices, all of those things that are, that are available. Now, obviously your China that is only available between one vendor, you can't compare. But that's small, like those small, smallwares that are really disposable that you tend to buy all the time. Can you explain again the notification that uh, alerts you that if a price suddenly is higher with a preferred supplier that you can look at the other options? Yeah, so it's a grid. So um, imagine that along the top are your vendors and along the left-hand side are your items. So if you had uh, a preferred vendor, again, on that hamburger patty that your Cisco is your preferred vendor, you'll see that Cheney's price 
is, you know, 50 cents less a pound, maybe you're going to say, you know what, maybe we'll get a sample of that product and see if it meets our specifications because at 50 cents a pound, it becomes worth it. Or you're going to pick up the phone and call your Cisco rep and say, hey, you know, everybody else is less expensive. Can you do better on your price? If you weren't comparing vendors, you wouldn't know what to ask for. So it's giving you that a true information to pick up the phone and make an, and make an ask that's reasonable. Yeah, you're making a good point also about asking the vendor for a sample and always trying a product because even though the price might be 50 cents, you know, a pound cheaper or whatever it is, the quality or the taste or the the profile may be completely different. And if this has been on your menu for a long, long time, then suddenly your customers are going to notice. So it really is a trade-off, but you're giving them the tools and the information to make those critical decisions. Absolutely. And, you know, we don't care who they buy from. All we're doing is pulling in the data and helping them make good decisions on their buying. Mm -hmm. How do you integrate with the different uh, food service suppliers out there? I mean, how, do, how does the technology work? So the tech, there's two ways we pull in pricing. One is through their online portals. So a lot of the major purveyors have online portals that they have all their pricing available. So what we're doing is we're downloading that restaurant's order guide. So it's always um, specific to the restaurant. It's never generic pricing. It's their pricing. So with the big purveyors, it's really simple. They give us their online credentials. We download the in, we download their order guides. We upload it. That's real simple. The smaller vendors, like your produce, meat, and seafood, we're going to have those vendors email the software. The software has an email address for each one of their each one of our customers, and their their sales reps will send a bid to the software, and then the software will always look for that and pick it up. And it's, it's pretty much in real time. If, the, if the, um, the sales rep sends in a price right now, in about 10 minutes, it'll be in the software for them to order. And they can send in their pricing however often they want. Okay, wonderful. Okay, so that's um, obviously the vendor price comparison. It's a proprietary system. There's a lots of, lot of benefits that you just told us. Why don't we go in order of how these uh, different suites work together? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that the keywords work together because you don't want to be adding data over and over and over again, touching the same data. So with today's technology, having one system that's going to flow through all the way from ordering all the way through POS integration is key. So the next step with this is we've created purchase orders. We've done our vendor price comparison. And now today, this morning, the trucks start coming into the back door, right? So from there, what we're going to do is um, we're going to now bring in invoices. And you can manually bring in your invoices, meaning you key in any differences comparing your PO to your invoice. Or using today's technology, we can actually um, automatically bring in those invoices into the system. So what happens there is the vendors will email the software just like they did with their purchase orders. They're going to email the software their invoice. We're going to import that invoice and give them discrepancies between their purchase orders to their bid. So what that means is yesterday you ordered stuff and today the truck comes in and what's different, right? Should be pretty close to nothing. But what we find is that um, you're shorted stuff. That's normal. You're overstuffed. Is that okay? Did maybe you picked up the phone and called something in? That's okay. So yes. shortages, overages, those are the first two and that's pretty normal. Catch weights, that would be the next thing. So you ordered you know, salmon and it's a catch weight, right? You can't have exactly the amount that you ordered. So that would be the next thing. But the bad thing, which is the next one, is bid price to invoice price discrepancy. So yesterday, Cisco quoted you $54 for Hellman's mayonnaise, and today it came in at $56. Mm -hmm. 
chances are you're not going to catch that. So the software catches that for you automatically and emails you as the owner or the manager um, a discrepancy report on every invoice. So we automatically check in your goods, compare purchase order to bid, and give you discrepancy reporting. So that is like priceless because you're going to be able to catch any time the vendor changes the price. Can't do that today. What about substitutions? Yesterday you bought Chiquita bananas for $21 a case. And today they didn't have the Chiquita bananas and they, they substituted Dole bananas for $25 a case. You don't care the difference between Chiquita bananas or Dole bananas, they're bananas. But why should that price be any different? Now you have that information that they're shorted you, the Chiquita bananas, replace it with the Dole bananas and there's a price increase. So now you can pick up your phone, call your sales rep and say, no, I'm going to pay the $21, not the $26 for that case. So that's wow. kind of the next step to the process. Yes. And that's all automated through today's technology. Yeah, if you were to look at all of your invoices, it could take you hours to go through everything, what you were promised versus what you were charged. And it could be done, but no one has time for that. It's an honor exactly. procedure. Yeah, and now mm -hmm. everything is automatically flagged and it, you're looking at one report, bang, this, 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 and this is different. And then suddenly you can pick up the phone and say, hey, I want a credit for this because I was promised X and I got Y. Absolutely. Sweet. And you're going to find another half a percent yeah. right there. Easy. So we talked about eight to 12% savings off of on the ordering side and probably another half a percent just in price comparison. I was with a client the other day and we were going through their, uh, one of their invoices and it was $9 more a case for Romaine. And she couldn't believe it. I said, all you got to do is look at the email that we're sending you. So we don't even rely on them um, going into the software and looking for the report. It will actually email them a discrepancy report. So all they got to do is look at it check it out, give it 30 seconds, and you're going to see that $9 for that extra case of romaine. And that email comes in after every order placed through the system? After every invoice comes into the system automatically, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of the next step. Um, after that, we go into how does that affect accounting? So most restaurants out there are using QuickBooks, right? And they have to go through their invoices, and they have to code them, dairy, meat, grocery, produce. However, they break down those, uh, those asset accounts in, in their uh, accounting software so that it hits the proper cost of goods when they're running their P&Ls at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. Dining Edge will code all those invoices, create the files that are needed to import them directly into their accounting software, and have it all ready for the accountant to pay the bills. That's pretty incredible alone because, again, I'm just going, I know there are a lot of school, old school operators out there. And if I go back 10 years in time, what you just said makes perfect sense because a lot of the suppliers, the broadline suppliers especially, don't categorize all the products by food, by beverage, by soft, you know, uh, paper goods and all that. It's all mixed in there. And I had to lobby them so hard just to get them to do that because, again, there's so much time taken to go through it so that you're classifying things in your accounting software correctly. But now all that is automated as well, I just heard. Yeah, absolutely. So now the accounting person, whoever's paying yeah. that bill, is going to get an email once a week with all of their invoices and all of their credit memos. And they're going to just be able to, you know, file save, file upload, and all of their invoices are in accounting. So that's okay. going to save you about 80% of the time it takes to manage invoices in the accounting software. All right. 
do we move into the physical inventory piece? That's next. Yeah. Okay. So now we know. Yeah. So now we know what you bought and how much you bought it for, right? So that's kind of what you need in order to do inventory. So right. from there, we create count sheets, custom count sheets by um, setup for each storage for the for food and bar. So we haven't talked anything about bar, but everything we're talking about is handled for the beverage side as well as food. Um, and then we create count sheets. Those count sheets go over onto our app and um, the restaurant's able to count their inventory um, mobily throughout the uh, restaurant. Multiple people can be counting at the same time and it works completely offline. So if you're in the basement or the cooler and you have no internet signal, you'll be able to count your inventory. Okay, are there any specific challenges with pre-prepared foods and weights and volumes and you know five gallons of salad dressing and all this? It's like, how do you account for that when you don't have full cases uh, a case of lemons, you know, may, may have 500 lemons in it. And now you got 35 lemons. It's like, take me there. Yeah. So, you know, units of measure in an inventory system is absolutely the most important thing of understanding units of measure, setting up units of measure the same uh, correctly and, um, and then managing them. So one of the beauties is we're taking all their pack and sizes off their invoice. So let's take an example of like a sugar, you know, a white sugar. Most of the time you buy it in a 25 pound bag um, or 50 pound bag, but today they were out of that, that product. So they sent you a replacement of one pound bag, one pound bag. So our standard unit of measure is, you know, pound. So we can pound, count it by one pound bags, but the beauty of the software is we know that you've bought it by the 25 pound bag, the 50 pound bag, and the one pound bag. So all of those are available in the app to be able to count in any unit of measure that you've purchased it in. And that's automatic. So you're not managing counting units of measure. You don't have to go in and configure a counting unit of measure. It's gonna pull that off that invoice that came in. So as you keep hearing, so from all the way from that purchase order, all the way through counting, everything is automated through those invoice or through those purchase order uploads and all those invoice uploads all be handled through the system. So we're not touching things multiple times. Right. Another example of problems with units of measure is let's say you have um, absolute a liquor bottle and it's a, a absolute and your standard unit of measure is a liter because 99% of the time it comes in as a liter. But this time they were out of liters, so they sent you 750. So in the app, it gives you the ability of counting a 750 or counting a liter because it came off of that invoice that you checked in that it now knows you bought a 750. So it's right. available in the drop-down box. The beauty of that is it doesn't change your standard unit of measure, which is liter. So mm -hmm. when you count a 750, it's going to say 0.75 of a liter. And yeah. all your recipes are managed and you're not going back and forth and changing things. So yeah. units of measure are the most important thing in any system. Garbage in, garbage out. So if you don't set it up properly, it's not going to be, you know, right. And But Dining Edge really helps you through that process. Well, you know, we'll probably get to this later in the podcast, but the whole onboarding procedure and the accuracy to avoid the garbage in, garbage out, we definitely want to go there. So when you're ready, you'll just keep that okay. in. Okay. Well, you asked a question about recipes and how to deal with that. So um, that's a an important piece when you're counting inventory as well. So we do manage recipes. 
so that they can put in all of those raw all their raw materials into recipes and then add ability to count those as well. So if you make coleslaw dressing, you'll be able to count it by the gallon or the ounce or the pound, however you manage it, and be able to um, value that based on your last inventory or your last invoice price or your first in first out price or your average price, depending on how you want to manage. Yeah, that was a critical answer because restaurants obviously have lots of foods that they've already prepared from raw product that came in. And it's necessary to either assign a par value monthly if it doesn't change or weekly if you're doing inventory or to accurately count it. But I'm hearing that you can very seamlessly and simply count it at that moment of inventory taking without assigning a par. It's that absolutely. Yeah, so you're going to put it, let's say you have, you know, milk, and then it goes and dressings right in your cooler. So right in your count sheets, it's going to, you're going to have all your dairy, and then there goes your dressings, and you're going to count your recipe, your, your items that you prepare, same way you count a gallon of milk. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, yeah, so we, you know, our app, that was uh, launched about a year ago. We're really proud of it. It's all visual, really easy for restaurateurs to, uh, easily count their inventory and it's going to stop that double that double work so you know today most restaurants have a clipboard i know i did i you know i worked for a restaurant group that we counted every tuesday morning we hand wrote it on a clipboard and then we went back to the computer and entered it into excel so you had issues with the keying in the numbers you had issues with the unit prices because the pricing wasn't updated off your invoices so this stops all of those problems yeah, I mean, again, that's the way I did it years and years ago, and now it's just so much more accurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. What's next? So after we've counted our inventory, now we know our purchases, right? And we know our inventory. So what do we need? The next kind of piece to the puzzle to get your basic reporting of cost of goods sold is we need POS sales, right? Because the, the standard formula, beginning inventory plus purchases minus ending inventory equals usage. Usage is a great number, but until you know what sales are, it really doesn't tell you a percentage. So we're integrated um, to all major POSs and bringing, bringing in um, sales by category. So however they break that down in their, um, in their uh, point of sale system, um, so food, liquor, beer, or wine. And then we're also bringing over PMIX reporting, which I'll talk about PMIX reporting kind of in the next set is after we talk about recipes. But just to get standard cost of goods sold, we'll be able to take usage and divide it by sales. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all accurate, so we're not just dividing total usage into total sales, but we're able to actually do it by category. So beer usage into beer sales, liquor usage into liquor sales, and giving you your cost of goods sold. Um, you can pull that for any period of time. Dining Edge always fills in the middle. So beginning inventory, January 1st, Ending inventory December 31st, and Dining Edge will fill in all the purchases and sales to give you true cost of goods. So you can do it monthly, you can do it weekly, or you can do it yearly. It doesn't matter to us, and Dining Edge will give you your cost of goods sold. Yeah, um, two of the most common mistakes I see in the old manual system that this eliminates, you know, I work with a lot of clients and I walk them through the basic fundamentals of this process, and two mistakes they make is in their master inventory sheet, they're counting paper goods and rubber gloves and mop heads and all this stuff in food inventory. And I'm like, no, all that stuff. If it doesn't go on a plate and you're not serving the customer, no, you can't count it. And then sales, when they enter their sales figure, it's total sales. It includes beverage sales and all this, and it skews their numbers wildly. And if you don't have time to deal with this, and if you're not a math or a numbers person, it's like you need software that does it for you that's accurate. 
I see yeah. it all the time. And then to be able to get it by category also. Right. So not only get food cost of goods, maybe you're running a 38% food cost of goods, mm -hmm. but to be able to see dairy, meat, grocery, produce, because then you can really dig in and see, okay, am I having a problem in produce? Am I having a problem in meat? I was yeah. working with a restaurant group last week and they were running a 17% of their cost of goods was just in meat. So then we were able to then, after looking at it by category, go down to the details and see, is there one item? Is there five items that are totally too high as a percentage of their cost of goods? So really being able to dig in. Once you know that, you know, your dairy runs a 2%, your grocery runs a 3.5%, once you know those details, then you're able to really pinpoint when you have an issue. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it really handles that cost of goods reporting. But the the if I was running a restaurant, that's only, that's like not the end step, right? The end step is variance and that's the key. So we talked about beginning inventory plus purchases minus ending inventory equals usage and that's a key number. But yes. what about minus waste and POS sales? So if we take that usage and we subtract out our waste and our POS sales, we're actually gonna see variance. So what we do is we will build recipes for all of your items your um, plates, your batch recipes, even a bottle of beer is considered a recipe. And then we'll subtract that from your usage. So it'll tell you at the end of the week or month or however, whatever time period, some of our restaurants count daily, you'll be able to see at the end of the day, I'm missing five Budweiser's. And then you'll know, is your cost of goods right? Because that's another key number that really restaurants don't know. They're running a 38% food cost but what's their ideal? Yeah, I call what that is, the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And waste and spoilage and theft all enters into what your sweet spot is. And obviously you want to eliminate or minimize those things tremendously, but you got to find out what your sweet spot is. Yes, and Dining Edge will calculate that for you. So um, we, we, we use our menu analysis to calculate your theoretical food cost based on your menu mix. So that's a lot of words. So what does that mean? So um, in a restaurant, um, I'm from the seafood world. I worked in, you know, chain restaurants, but um, that had seafood. So if you had two of the exact same restaurants in two different markets, and one was a higher end restaurant, like they were higher end clientele ordering more surf and turf, and the other one's in a more of a retirement area that's selling more fish and chips, right? So yes. your theoretical food cost is going to be higher as a percentage in the surf and turf restaurant, right? Because that item, the more surf and turf you run, the higher your food cost is. But your contributions to profits are higher, right? You're making more money on every guest that comes in. Absolutely. But a fish and chips restaurant, they're gonna say, they're gonna, they're gonna have a lower food cost. So if two people are, if an accountant's looking at those two restaurants on a piece of paper and they say, oh, your food cost is 32% and your food cost is a 38%, the restaurant that's selling more surf and turf is going to look higher and they're going to say that's bad. So what Dining Edge does is it takes your menu mix, takes to your overall how many of every product you sold, how many dollars you received, and what your costs are for each of those plates, telling you your theoretical food cost based on your menu mix. And we're able to see that every day, every week, and then compare that against your actual. So that restaurant that's selling more surf and turf, their theoretical food cost is a 38, 
their actual is a 38, all is good. And we're and we can say that our menu our menu is costed at the rate at which we're running versus saying you're running you're not running a 33. Why aren't you? There's nothing they can do. They can't stop the guests from ordering surf and turf, nor do they want to, because the contributions to profits are higher. So many restaurants that I work with, again, don't realize that in their different categories, their appetizers, their entrees, there's a huge significant spread of profit difference between these multiple items. And they might have busy restaurants, they're filling their seats, but they're wondering why their bank account isn't growing because their profit's not growing because the lower price items we find out, I, I should say the lower profit items are taking sales away from the higher profit items and the kitchen's working just as hard. So. I'm hearing that you can help them with that as well. Yeah, and we'll break that menu analysis down to appetizer, soup, salads, entrees, exactly how their menu is broken out. Yes. Um, I tell this funny story. So let's say you and I, we both have a restaurant. They're right down the street from each other. And you're selling a grouper sandwich for $9.99. So I'm going to open my restaurant up and I'm going to say, oh, well, I got I to sell my grouper sandwich for $9.99. So I put my grouper sandwich on the menu for $9.99. And you're, I don't know that your brother owns a grouper boat, right? And you're getting cost on grouper. Yes, right. And I'm not, right? So every time I sell a grouper sandwich, I'm losing a dollar. Mm -hmm. So instead, I should be standing at the front door and handing every person that walks in the door a dollar and say, please don't order the grouper sandwich. Because I'm just trying to meet your pricing. So by using a menu analysis and being able to see that $9.99 and my cost is 950 how am i ever going to make money selling that grouper sandwich well so many restaurants don't know that they're just mm -hmm. go into their market they see what you're what you're selling that item for they try to compete and then they go out of business because they can never meet it because your brother has a grouper boat they have no idea what that person's cost of goods are on those items and that is no way to design a menu by the way <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Joe down the street has, you know, chicken wings and he's charging X and such and my customer is going to want the same thing. Yeah, that's not the way to go. So thanks for pointing that out. That is a critical point. But so many restaurants are missing that. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting because people think the restaurant industry is so simple, but it really is not. No, there's too many moving pieces. It's probably the most challenging business I've ever been in. And I've been in many businesses. <laughs> but yeah, they find that out once they're up and running, don't they, pretty quickly. Yeah, well, you hope. If they do, then they, maybe they won't go out of business. But um, well, that is true. Yeah. They definitely find, find out that it's, it's a hard business to get right. it to play run, for sure. And too many of them are spinning their wheels because the systems just aren't in place. Right. You know? And that that's the true. key to running any successful enterprise. You need systems. And then you can focus on the big picture because the systems take care of the rest. Absolutely. Okay, so it's in Dining Edge. So that's kind of it. So we do purchasing. We do invoice checking in, accounting integration. Um, then we come over to the uh, inventory side. We're able to count our inventory, get cost of goods reporting, POS integration, recipe depletion, and, um, and then we get our variance. And um, it seems overwhelming. And I think of, I always think of inventory as a journey, not a destination. So it's something that you work on in your business all the time. Um, it should be a, a percentage of your week should be there to manage your business as from an inventory perspective is your largest costing center. You know, you're right. If you're spending 38% or 40% of your money is going to one place, which is food and, and bar, shouldn't you be dedicating time to that to manage it every week? 
Um, so that's how the software works and that's what we do. Um, we're really focused on uh, helping restaurants uh, maximize their profits by managing their food and beverage. Let me ask a question. You probably covered this and I may have missed it, but is it necessary or it just automatically happens every week, even if a restaurant is in their sweet spot month after month after month, they're running that 32% food cost and it's just rock solid. Is it at their discretion how often this process happens or it's just naturally happening based on all the other pieces and their accounting software and how things are entered and it's at their uh, discretion to look at the data? Is that it? Yeah, it all just happens. I mean, the more, if you count your inventory, then that the more often you count your inventory, the better, right? Because then you can actually make sure that those numbers are right. But right. yeah, it's just happening in the background. As long as your, um, your invoices are coming in, then everything else, your POS integration is automated, your invoices are automated, everything's coming into the system and the data is at your fingertips. There's one other big piece that I'm really impressed with and that's the rebate management program. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, the rebate management is amazing, but keep in mind that you don't need to enroll in Dining Edge in order to manage rebates. And that's one of the key things that I hope everybody understands is that rebate management and software are two separate pieces. Um, so we could manage somebody's rebates right tomorrow, and it's really easy to set up. Um, so how, what rebates are, are like coupons you would use in the grocery store. It's direct-to-consumer manufacturer rebates. So one of the biggest things people say is, oh, I already get a rebate back from my broadliners. This has nothing to do with that. Keep that. That's 2%, 3% that you're getting back. That's volume buying. That's basically a gift to you. Marketing money, money that they're getting based on your purchases. What rebates are, are direct-to-consumer manufacturer rebates are all the, not all, but a lot of the name brand products, Heinz, Hellman's, Smuckers, all those brand name products have rebates on them. So what we do is we, not, no work for the restaurateur, we collect their purchases direct from their vendors every quarter. We report that back to the manufacturers. Manufacturers cut checks and we send checks out to restaurants. And it's all automated. It, the, setup, the setup process takes about two minutes while we needed your vendor codes. And then you'll be surprised. The first check takes about six months, depending on when in the quarter you um, enroll. And then it's every three months after that. So you buy for a quarter. We report and collect for a quarter, and the first week of the next quarter, you get your check. So it's a great, pro uh, great program. You know, people always say, well, how much do you think I'm going to get? No idea. I don't know your volume, and I don't know what you're buying. But I can tell you that the more name brand products you buy, the higher your rebate check will be. More found money that lots of operators are leaving on the table, isn't it? Absolutely. And I mean, we have single restaurant, you know, single chain restaurant, not single unit restaurants getting checks all the way up to $1,000. Country clubs are getting three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000. Obviously there are restaurants that are getting you know, 20 and $30 too. It just depends on what you buy and what your volume is. But if it's automated, every dollar counts and why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So this is also an a la carte. You don't need to purchase the whole suite of systems. Is that correct? Yeah, and what we actually recommend is that all of our customers start with our purchasing module. Um, and just get started there. Um, you asked about onboarding, so I'll, I'll kind of talk a little that. bit about that. Yes. So somebody who's just who just want to start with their purchasing, the onboarding process is pretty simple. Most restaurants have some sort of inventory list, a list of all the raw materials that they buy from their vendors. Mm -hmm. Not their vendor list, that's different. We'll get to that in just a second. Okay. But the list of all of their raw materials. So it'll say, 
ketchup bottles or ketchup ball pack and salt and flour, all those just generic words that have nothing to do with a brand or, and it's just what you buy. So everybody, and that's usually for a standard restaurant for food, that's usually about four to 600 items. Um, and we upload that into the system. So once they give us that list, they're not keying in any of that data. We're doing all of that work for them. So that's the first piece of the onboarding. Um, the second piece is that they're gonna give us their, their order guide. So if it's an online, if the, if the purveyor has an online portal, just give us your credentials and we'll pull it down. If it's a smaller vendor, we need to just get a copy of that bid sheet. From there, we import all of that data into the system. So we have in one list, your raw materials, and then we import all of your vendors, pack and size, price, name, all of that data that nobody would want to keep punching. All that's done through an upload. And the only work the restaurateur has to do is match up their flour to the flour that they're willing to buy from each of their vendors. And it's just checking it off, checkboxes. The software will automatically break it down to the lowest common denominator based on pack and size, so they don't have to do any math. It's all done for them. And then they hit save. That process takes about 30 seconds to a minute per raw material. So figure it's a half a day to a day's worth of work, depending on how many products that they have. That's true. So it's really simple. I can't, I can't imagine the, the technology and the software and, and the programming that you have behind the scenes that figured all this out and made everything just so, you know, seamless and automated. Like that blows I don't take any credit for that. Uh, Frank Friedland, who's the uh, uh, other owner, my partner in the company, he's definitely responsible for all the technology. He's brilliant when it comes to uh, figuring out the best way to um, parse out that data. And it's examples like the number, the, num the pound sign yeah. is the same in a number 10 can as right. it is in 10 pounds, oh. right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same exact signal, the same exact thing. 10 pounds, 10 can, um, and the software knows the difference. Um, so having to figure out every one of those rules and put them into the software, I, I, it was done way before me, so I can't even imagine what that process was like. But it's all been debugged, and how many years has this been um, proven and you've been using this platform? So Dining Edge has been in business for uh, 10 years. Okay, amazing, amazing. This is great stuff. Why wouldn't you, you know, why wouldn't, if you were running a restaurant, you want to just press a button and automate everything so that it's all, you know, seamlessly integrated. I think that's one of the best features, but we've covered so many ways that, you know, the audience can save money and find new money and all this sort of thing without, you know, and, and eliminating all those headaches. So yeah, amazing stuff. Did we miss anything, Naomi? What else? Do no, we I mean, that's what we do. Um, it's an exciting product. product. I saw a little bit kind of how I got into Dining Edge. I was at the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Show uh, three years ago, um, and I saw the product. I'd been with Aloha for 16 years at that point, and after five minutes of talking with Frank and seeing the product, I knew I was leaving my job um, after 16 years. That's how exciting the product was for me. Um, somebody who'd been in the restaurant business and been in technology, and that's how I was just so excited, and I knew that that's where I wanted to be. What's the timeline like to onboard a new client? And what's the process specifically before they, they call you up or they go online and they say, yes, I want this, I need this, and then I need to be up and running? How long does that take before they've got everything so that they're comfortable with the system? Um, if they give us their order guides and their uh, vendor price sheets, we'll do training in two days. 
So we try and get somebody ordering within seven to 10 days. Because remember, they have that homework to do, the yes. half a day to a day's worth of work. Mm -hmm. um, so we, once they give us their data, um, seven to 10 days, um, a large majority of our clients are ordering in under 30 days. That's you know kind of like they get busy, they don't have time to dedicate the time to do their homework, but under 30 days, everybody's ordering and getting that savings. Remember, eight to 12% savings off of purchases. Right, so why wouldn't you do that homework up front? And that's still pretty quick to transform your business. I mean, that's mm -hmm. overnight in 30 days. Yep. Is there a demo that you walk people through? Uh, who are curious or interested and, you know, I'd like to see this for myself before I pull the trigger. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll give you a link to that. They can click right on it so that they can uh, schedule a demo. Um, and we do live demos. We also have a demo on our website. Um, either way, whatever works best for people. Some people like the demo on the website and they're like, oh, this is great. And others like to have it a little bit more tailored to their, to their needs. And how long, how much time does it take to go through the online demo? And obviously it's a little bit more personal time with a live person, but roughly how long does it take to, to the understand? The online demo is nine minutes long. Um, and then a personal demo, we try to stick between 30 minutes for just comparing and an hour for the whole, the whole solution. There we go. Fantastic. Well, this has been a tremendous podcast. I mean, thank you so much for having me. This is really cool. Naomi, thanks very much for sharing the, the, um, all the different suites of Dining Edge and all the advantages and the benefits and the cost savings. That's really what this podcast is about, giving the people the, uh, you know, the information they need to run a stronger, more profitable business. And we present the information and let them make the decision if it makes sense for them. But you made a very compelling argument. Thank you. Well, that was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks again for tuning in. guys. Listen up. You have to compare pricing. You've got to take inventory. You have to take advantage of rebates and you must compare purchase orders to your invoices. If you're not doing these things, you're leaving lots of money on the table. You might as well be feeding $100 bills into your shredder day in and day out. So check out my show notes in today's episode to get a free demo to see how Dining Edge can streamline your business, save costs, and find money across your restaurant. It's a beautiful thing. Check out the show notes. The link is there. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. It'll help other owner operators, managers, and our audience find us. We appreciate you listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks again to our friends at Bento Box for bringing you this show. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. And while you're there, download a copy of the book, Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.